0: hey everybody good morning thanks so much for joining me on down to earth this is the show in which we talk about the issues that matter i am harriet Kamak and i am your host on this morning it is thursday i can't believe i'm saying it but it's thursday january 30th 2020. so for those of us who have never been to the spa who have never seen another part of the world you know something you better get busy planning so that tax return that you're filing when you get it, take it and go on vacation this year. Go overseas. Go see somewhere different that you've never seen before. Not East Texas, not Smith County, East Texas. I would not advise going to Mississippi or East County, Texas or East uh, Smith County, East Texas. But I do advise going to other parts of the world. Hopefully by then the coronavirus will go away. Is anybody worried about that? We need to ask ourselves the question, how come the same country that gave us the bird flu some years ago is the same country that now has a coronavirus? If you look at this, you've got to see this as a weapon of biological warfare. Because think about it, this virus is popping up in the oddest places in the world. In every country, there is somebody with, a, with that virus. So it's China tracking something and testing the limits and boundaries. So they may not fire a rocket. They may never send a rocket to us. They may never set off a nuclear bomb. But guess what? They are doing something else, aren't they? Right? Just think about it. I got a call the other day to say that they found the virus in Jamaica and in other parts of the Caribbean. And I'm like, that is impossible. Those, people are not traveling to China like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not Hong Kong. China is not the epicenter of commerce for the world. People are not traveling to China like that. I'm like, there's something up with that. I said, no, 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 no. China is spreading that virus deliberately. As for me, you ain't going to see me go there anytime soon. Right? So hopefully by the summer, that virus will go away. But I hope the government is paying attention that this is a biological warfare because it's impossible. I was watching an interview with Bill Gates. I think it's up on CNBC. If you follow CNBC, CNBC on Twitter, they have an article that shows that in 2018, Bill Gates said that we are not prepared for biological warfare. He said, we're not prepared for pandemics. That means epidemics that become pandemics, right? Coronavirus is an epidemic. It apparently is something that if you even are within 50 feet of it, you get it. So let's say you go to work. Like this weekend, there's a Super Bowl in Miami. Do you know how many people are going to be at risk or who could be exposed to just one person sitting in one part of the stand having the virus, right? That is China at work. And the problem is we're not prepared because we don't see it as a problem. So we don't have mass centers for, you know, antibiotics or other sorts of treatments that this would require. We don't, we're not prepared because we're not focused on it. What we're focused on is going into space and, and, and pushing buttons. Like seriously, you've got to look, when you're looking at your enemy, you don't know which way your enemy is coming at you from. So you can't just sit there and look at your enemy while he's smiling in your face and not know where he's coming from. You you can't just say we have to look at his capacity. What does he have the capacity to do? He can do anything, then you better strategize and plan for it. You see where I'm coming from? This is something to to behold. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Pretty soon we'll all have to be inoculated because you don't know who you're touching. You go to the mall, you go to the store right you go to work you go to the coffee shop you don't know this is china spreading their virus that's it that's how i feel about it right that's how i feel about it. that's my take on it so anybody who is listening it's time for us to step it up because that's what they're doing and while we are distracted that's your enemy your enemy always use catches you at your weakest point while you are distracted. I wanna know who is running the government while they're focused on impeachment. I wanna know who is paying attention to the issues that matter. There is a virus out there that is likely to cause grave harm to a large group of people. And we don't know anything about the virus, so we don't know how latent it can be. So even if we contain it with the people whom we brought back, the diplomats whom we brought back, what about how long can it stay in your body while you're quarantined? We don't know anything about it, right? We don't know. I, I I'm so off with I'm so off with China because they never quit. They're like the Russians, you know. While we're sitting here moving on and living our lives, and whether you want to throw a guy out of the government or whether you don't like him or not or whatever he doesn't do what he was elected to do, while we're focused on just being Americans and just doing what we do, they never forget that they're not the major world power. So their job is to always find us at our weakest point and try to unseat us at being what we do. That's what I don't like about them, they're stinky. They're, they sneak up on you and catch you unaware because they're always plotting to get to you. And they will get you when your pants are done, when you're like, really? I'm re- I really just sat down and took a break. That's your enemy and that's China and Russia. They never quit because to them, power, world power is everything. And perception is everything. Putin wants to be the number one guy in the world and the one who is perceived as having the most power. And China is like, you people took us for granted for centuries. We want to show you how powerful we really are. So here, take this. Can you talk to us about all the Muslims, whom, the, the, pe- the ethnic peoples whom they harvest their organs and gut them out and harvest their organs? No, well, you can't talk to me about that because I hold you hostage with all the products and I have all your secrets. So while I was bowing down to you and saying, yes, Mr. White Man, no, Mr. White Man, I was actually learning your secrets. So we can't really do anything. So we said, okay, well, we're not gonna talk to them about that. But in the meantime, they never gave up. And they were still plotting because they are not, they are not the superpower. And they haven't forgotten that. That's a lesson for all of us. Your enemy never gives up. You can never be asleep at the switch. You always have to be on guard and focus because the enemy never quits. The minute that you think the battle is over is when you lose. The battle is never over. It's just fought in different arenas. So this is you. You're a warrior all the time. When you get two minutes to relax your mind, you'll be grateful for that because this war is never over, right? Because now they have a virus that they intend to use to decimate as many people as they can, and they're serious about it. And they're getting away with it because we're not doing anything about it. Because we were like, oh, my God, I didn't see this coming. You were focused on launching rockets and launching a, a, a space, Space Air Force. Are you freaking kidding me when you can sit here on Earth and launch rockets? So why you need to go to space to do that? You already have the space station. That's what that is. Do you see what I'm saying? So they're looking at us and shaking their heads and laughing. Because we look like we don't have it together. Right? In the meantime. They're catching us at our weakest point. You still have a lot of people who do business with my country. So we're going to get a virus to you and see what you do. While you're worried about space, let's see what you do with that. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, with China, having a virus that they're spreading to the rest of the world. Yes, Mr. Chinaman, you heard me. Right? So... (laughs) I'm just saying, y'all, I'm just saying. So in the meantime, the Super Bowl is in Miami. And what a beauty. It could could not go any further south. Any further south, it would land in Cuba, Key West, right? So they're having a good time down there because the weather is good. So we're looking forward to a really good Super Bowl, at least a chance to not think about anything. Ironically, the Super Bowl will be like seven days since Kobe passed away. So it's going to be kind of bittersweet. Yeah, you're not because it's not something you can forget. And a lot of people say, well, you didn't really know him. So why does it bother you? Well, you know how that is, right? It feels like a family member. Just like when you lose when someone, you know, whom you like dies, you feel like you've lost someone whom you know. Right. So it's still Thursday. And we still send love and peace and healing. But in the meantime, we need to be aggressive about this virus. We don't know who is who. We don't know what happened. So follow the updates from your local uh, health department and ask what they're doing about it because I'm pretty sure that it's here. Especially for us here in southeast Michigan, we're so diverse. And because of the presence of the auto industry, we have a direct pipeline all over the world, right? So we need to know. So wherever international trade happens in whatever state you are, you're at risk. Believe me, you need to find out, right? So today on our show, we're going to talk about when is a car accident a crime? When it, when, it, when is a car accident a crime? You like my show? <laughs> I'm, it's it's teal and, and tiger today, right? So it's tiger print and teal. So it's weird to you Thursday, but I kind of included the tiger in it because I didn't want to put a sweater on because I am in rebellion that it's still cold. And I want to wear my pants off. Okay. Are you with me? So I'm kind of like, I still have to wear a sweater because it still feels chilly. And I don't like, you know, I don't like the heat. The heat dries out my eyes, my nose, my skin. So I keep it down really low just to barely, and then I start shivering. (laughs) And I have to wear socks. But I'd rather do that than put on a whole lot of clothes. I'm one of those persons who like to walk around my home like it's still summer outside, tank tops and all. And people are like, are you nuts? <laughs> it's winter, right? I guess I haven't given up the, the, the summer child thing, right? And the tropical in me still, still peaks out a little bit. Oh, one other thing, too. Um, we did, do you, you all saw where they, we talked about uh, Mississippi prison inmates were dying. The governor of Mississippi has decided to close a section of Parchment Prison. Remember we talked about Parchment Prison, where that was set up to facilitate Jim Crow laws after slavery and Reconstruction, and they decided they weren't going to let black people go free. They were going to lock them up randomly, especially if they caught them trying to leave the state. But that's why Parchment Prison was set up, and it continues to this day. So the governor of Mississippi has decided that he's going to close it because there have been too many inmate deaths in, in, in Parchman. And a lot of it, Mississippi is the poorest state in the country. A lot of it stems from you, they lock people up for owing a debt in Mississippi. The governor of Mississippi needs to do some more work. I, I, I admire him taking this step, but there's still a lot more work needs to be done to make sure. And he's still the same governor. Who said that it's going to be Mississippi will be dark for a thousand years if a black man is elected as senator I don't know about you whether you are black or white when you hear stuff like that it must it must concern you even if you are white today and you hear a governor say it's going to be dark in the state for a thousand years if a black man is elected I suspect that he has and he's already in his late 50s the 60s that's gonna happen (laughs) in his own lifetime he will live to eat his own words but that's a that's something when people say stuff like that you've got to ask yourself they are regressing in the past and there is no glory there and if they don't move forward in the future they're actually holding the citizens hostage mississippi is known for locking people up for owing a debt and forcing them to go to work for private employers private industry who enjoys the slavery it's modern day slavery using people and paying them less than nothing and claiming that they're paying the Department of Corrections for people who owe debt. Mississippi is a sick state. There's something very wrong with their mentality and with the way they govern, and it's time for something to be done about it. The people there are very poor, have no access to anything, and are afraid of the enforcement of the law. Their laws are draconian. And the enforcement of it displaces people. Mississippi is a sad state to be. They're in a sad state, and it's a sad state. So even though the governor says he's going to close a part of Parchment, oh, I'm not giving him a hand clap because he needs to do more. He needs to erase the debt collection laws that imprisons people. That's what he needs to do. Then he can come and say, oh well, I'm doing something to change the state. Not when you declare that it's going to be dark in Mississippi for a thousand years if they elect someone who looks like them and sounds like them, who is not part of the Jim Crow aristocracy and the Jim Crow heritage. Come on now. This is why, anyway, anyway. So when is a car accident a crime? Uh, I think we need to put this into perspective because we're all drivers right? We're all motorists, and we got to pay attention to, I've never understood why people drive drunk. That's me. I've never understood. I don't know why the law gives a clear guideline about blood alcohol levels, but frankly, I want to know why do I need the law to tell me that I'm impaired if I know that I've had a drink? I don't understand it, and it happens, and with people who you assume would know better, or people whom you think would not do this, they are the biggest perpetrators of driving while drunk. So in this scenario that we looked at, this was a man who admitted that he had had seven to eight beers in a day at the time of the accident. He had already consumed seven to eight beers. Now, they're saying that based on his height, his weight, and so on it might not have been an issue it's a crime when it's intentional yes right we're going there right but if 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 you are if you know that you've had one beer why do you get behind the wheel to drive a lot of people drive while they're buzzed this is why the law enforcement community is saying they don't want marijuana should be free across the border unless it's medical marijuana show me your card kind of thing and people are still because people think they can smoke in their cars and drive but that's driving while drunk you are it's just as dangerous as driving while drunk if you are impaired in any form why do you get behind the wheel of a car i don't know it's i don't drink and I don't, I, I don't, I've never in my life drunk, drink to the point where I'm going to be impaired that I don't know what's going on. I, I guess I have control issues. And if I'm not in control of myself, I don't want anyone else to be in control of me because the last time that happened, somebody beat, almost beat me to death. Right. So I have issues with control, right. And handing my personhood and control over to a drink. In this scenario, this man had had seven to eight beers. And he went driving. He positioned himself to drive for six hours. And this was something that he said he does often enough. Well, while he was driving, he might have been distracted because in today's world, law enforcement says that with our, between our cell phones and the screens in our motor vehicles, we're driving distracted. In fact, they have a term for it. It's called hyper-distraction. We're all driving sort of impaired because we're paying more attention to our phones. Accidents happen in the flash of an eye because that's what happened to this guy. He said he saw something out of the blink of his eye, and before you know it, he was on top of a Ford Focus. He killed this young girl who was 20 years old who had her whole life ahead of her. When the cops showed up, they determined that they didn't give him a field sobriety test, even though he confessed to having had a drink. They did not give him a field sobriety test, believe it or not. They said he didn't look drunk, his eyes were not glassy, he wasn't didn't have slurred speech, he was conscious after he they got him out of the vehicle he was driving. So they deemed it, they ruled the accident an accident. But the young girl died. Her family were not satisfied. So they pursued a case against them. Well, in the ensuing months, what happened was the Smith County District Attorney, and this is East Texas, so you already know how they are down there. They're as rabid as any law enforcement agency could be. So you don't want to get in their crosshairs because you're not going to win. So the family of the the young lady who died, they took the case to the Smith County DA, who already had issues. He was packing already for anybody. And they configured a case against the defendant. I was with them up until I discovered that one of their witnesses lied under oath. She lied. She said the man had been there that day when he was never even in the vicinity. She said he used his credit card when he had filed for bankruptcy, they couldn't use credit cards anymore, they were using cash. She, their witness for the prosecution Lied on her oath So they convicted the man And gave him 10 years His wife began the appeal And she started listening to the tapes of the case and in reviewing it she said Ah some things don't add up And in reviewing it She, took the, she filed a complaint A grievance complaint with a state bar Against the prosecutors In Smith County And guess what they won They eventually won They protected themselves. They eventually left and went into private practice because the scandal was too much. But they put a witness on the stand and held back exculpatory evidence that would have shown that that the girl was lying. They held it back. They got it, but they didn't present it to the judge. So the judge, the DA, and everybody was mixed up. I guess everybody was caught up in the angst of the young woman's life being taken or They were just ardent about pursuing justice one way or another. They just want to be seen. They're pursuing their own agendas because that judge ended up being on the high court in Texas, right? So he was already looking for his next level. So he was looking to make a case and a reputation. you got to be careful when you get in the crosshairs of people who are looking to make a case and build their reputation on your demise, build their reputation on your mistakes. The man in this story made a mistake, but he was accustomed to making that mistake. The mistake he made was drinking. Do not drink and drive. He drank and drank, and then something happened, and he thought he saw something out of his eyes. So according to the law, the law says you're intoxicated because you don't have normal use of your mental and physical uh, uh, faculties. Isn't that, isn't that reasonable? That's very reasonable, don't you think? You're, we're all nodding our heads like, absolutely. If you don't have normal use of your mental and physical faculties, then do you really know what's going on around you? Probably not. Well, that's exactly what happened to this guy. So he thought he saw something out of the corner of his eye. He later said it was a deer, but the traffic cams didn't show any deer running around there. So what did he see? He was distracted and taking his, he was. In a, impaired because he had had seven to eight beers, so he didn't have normal use of his faculties, is that a crime? Hell yes, it is. It is a crime. Someone died. That's what makes it a crime. Now, the law is clear, right? It says that if, 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 if it's intentional, in other words, if you're driving down the street and you're using your vehicle with the intention of hurting someone, that clearly is, is criminally negligent homicide, clearly. But if you are driving impaired, but it's not enough to read on the spectrum of blood alcohol levels, is that still a crime? Hell yes. If someone died, if you just hit the car, then insurance is going to pay for the expenses to to repair the vehicle or replace the vehicle. But life is neither repairable or replaceable. So if you're driving and you hit someone... You are criminally negligent. This is I am just saying when we get behind the wheel of a car, put the phones down, put the screens down, and definitely don't pick up the bottle. Like this Sunday. Get off the roads. <laughs> because after the Super Bowl, everybody will be buzzed. And not only will they be buzzed from alcohol, they will be buzzed from drugs. You know who else will be out there with that, with you with, with, with us all? The cops. They're gonna be out in full force because somebody has to protect the unsuspecting child or mother or father who is just going home and is not drunk, but some crazy dude, some crazy girl somewhere is so impaired, they're driving unaware. It's just like you read these crazy stories of people who are drunk and who get behind the wheel of a car and end up on the wrong side of the highway and end up on the wrong ramp, the wrong side of the ramp. And you're like, how in God's name does that happen? It's time for us to start taking the keys from people. And if you're a bartender and the an operator for bar and you know you are selling liquor to people who should not be drunk, who should not be driving, you should be held criminally responsible as well. At least bring a civil suit against them so they will stop. This man had been with his friends at the country club. If That was not the only place he drank that day. He had one too many all day. He had been driving. and I guess he was living the life or whatever, which just tells me that he's careless. He was only 40 years old. He was just emerging from his 30s. So I guess he's feeling his power and is unaware of the consequences of his actions or probably feel that he's sufficiently financially stable. So it's a buffer between him and anything that could happen. I don't know what his thought processes were. All I know is that a 20-year-old young woman died, and her family have lost her forever. She will never get married. She didn't even graduate from college yet. She will never have children. Her siblings will never have her again. Her parents will never have her again. That's all I know. Life is not replaceable. So we have to be aware of the law. Now, you shouldn't really have an intersection with the law, because you don't place yourself in a position where you drive while impaired. As much as I feel for the wife of James Fulton, as much as I see her pain, but at the end of the day, a 20-year-old young woman lost her life because your husband was driving impaired. Now, the police chose not to give him a sobriety test for whatever reason. I don't know. They felt that he was not sufficiently disabled by the driving. But if somebody confesses that they had had seven or eight beers, there's no way that I see, drive up and see you have an accident and don't think that alcohol didn't play a, a role in that. Right? The, the cops will tell you that sometimes when they go to the scene of accidents, they can tell if the person was texting while driving. Distractions. Well, in this case, he was clearly distracted by because he thought he saw something out of his eye. He might have been looking at his phone. The young woman, to one of the witnesses also said that the young woman, when she pulled up to the light, was also on her phone. We're all culpable. Traffic it, lights and traffic intersections are dangerous places. I tell my children that when they approach a traffic light and the light changes, don't be the first one to speed up across because somebody could be late coming through and still speeding and cause. I'm like, before you cross an intersection and a traffic light, look both ways before you drive off. I am just saying because people are crazy. They'll be coming through that light and it's flash red already, but they're still coming through because they got to get to where they're going and they don't care what happens to the next person. Well, it's the same thing when you drive while impaired while drinking. And it's fortuitous that we're having this conversation because it's just a few days before the Super Bowl. And hopefully this is a conversation that you will remember. Because the fact of the matter is we're all responsible, not just for our conduct, but for those whose lives we impact. It is not fair for me to get behind the wheel of a car if I've had a glass of wine, two glasses of wine, to tell anyone I can handle it. It's not fair for you to get behind the wheel of a car after you've had a shot of tequila or whatever is it that people drink. Beer, Corona beer? I don't know, right? It's still not fair because when you kill someone, when you're driving and your impairment and your impaired driving causes the death of someone else, that life is gone and snuffed out forever. You have irrevocably changed the course of other people's destinies and life. It's not fair. I suspect the man in this case, James Fulton, he got out of jail. He did get 10 years and his wife appealed it. And the appeal stood up because of the witness who lied, right? The the, the prosecution did not disclose that they knew that the witness, what the witness claimed to happen didn't happen. So the wife wanted an appeal, but that's not going to be the end of his story. He has to live with the guilt for the rest of his life that he killed someone. And he knows why, because he had had seven to eight beers that day. When the cops Stopped him. He did confess that he had had a few beers, but they their ceiling for drunkenness must be so high because they said his eyes were glassy. So they are so accustomed to seeing people drive drunk that they know. And I know there are cops in my who listen to my podcast. I know there are cops there, and you gotta you 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 have to put yourself in the shoes of the people. Who survive these things? You got the people who have to show up, the first responders who show up, and the families who have lost someone. That young woman had a had a loving family, right? Her family members mourn her because they she was valuable to them. I suspect if your life is valuable to you too, guess what? You won't do. You won't drive drunk. You won't drive buzzed. You won't go get high and drive. People, can we just be more conscious of others? Even if you don't feel responsible for yourself, can we at least just be more conscious of others? Can we sort of make it so that you're a little bit more empathetic? I I simply don't get it. I I need someone to help me understand this. So uh, this is Smith County, East Texas. And, you know, it's the rise of the South, and they never really got over not having slaves. Right? They still find a way to be draconian in their laws. They still have that slavery mentality, that enslavement of people mentality that makes their laws so draconian that they still exact punishment even when one kind of punishment is enough. They still kind of bring the full weight down on people. The, the, the people in the South who are the leaders in the South, the political and civic leaders, probably need to go on vacation and go to a spa a little bit more often perhaps do a little yoga more often. Hmm? It will take the, the, the brunt off, yeah? and relieve some of the stress that they feel that they have to win for their ancestors who had lost because of slavery. When slavery was repealed, they felt like they have to make it up to their ancestors. So that's got to be the reason why. Let me just help you out a little bit. Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves because he was a nice guy, and he was a nice white man. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves because he needed the slaves to go beat the South and win for the Union Army. Let's just be clear. He didn't free the slaves because he thought slavery was an abomination to humanity. He needed freed slaves to go to join the Union Army so they could outnumber the Confederates in the South. Let's be clear. So for those people who keep saying Lincoln was a liberator, nah. He still didn't see black people as equals the white people. He didn't see black people as valuable. So you all need to cut that out. (laughs) Okay? Let's just put it what it is. We have the benefit of history now. So when you read it, you need to read it and read all of it so you can form an opinion based on the facts, not on some emotional situation. Because often that's what we do. We attach emotion to it because we want to believe that everybody is not bad. Well, there are people who simply don't agree with you, or they don't value you. And in that day and time, there were more than enough people who didn't value. There was racism in the North. They just didn't use the Jim Crow laws of the South to perpetuate it. But racism still existed in redlining and fights at factories to make sure Black people did not work and get the same pay. That's how come we had unions. So let's just be clear and call it the way it is. The South still has a problem, even with its own people. The laws are still draconian. I read it in the same story. I read a guy drove drunk for one thing, and they gave him 16 years. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't do anything. He just had a beer in the car, and they gave him 16 years. Like, seriously? Do you have discretion? Right? And so we need to come to this, have this come to Jesus moment. About our own culpability in some of these vehicular traffic incidents that occur, you know we shouldn't go through on the yellow because it's going to flash the red. there might be a cop right behind us, so you know you're going to get a ticket. You know we shouldn't drive while we are buzzed. Why do we still why do we still continue to do it? I don't know who this message is for, but it's for someone. And you probably do it all the time. Just recently, at the beginning of this year, right here in Metro Detroit, driving up the lodge, somebody did the same thing. He came from some bar downtown and went the wrong way. He went north in the southbound lanes. He killed someone and continued driving, y'all, and hit another vehicle. until They disabled him and pushed him over to the side until the cops got there. Did you hear me? He was so drunk, he didn't realize he was going north in the southbound lane. How? They're going down like, phew, at 70, 80 miles an hour. And you didn't realize that the sign you were reading said south? Seriously, impaired driving. Just a few weeks before that, something similar happened. A representative from Ann Arbor, she is a state representative got behind the wheel of her car and drove from downtown Detroit on I-75 to Auburn Hills. People began calling the police because she was weaving in and out of traffic. Luckily, no one died. Do you know she drove for three miles with the flashing lights behind her? She drove for three quarters of a mile with the flashing lights behind her. A few weeks before that, on I-75 just outside of Flint, same thing happened. Somebody got drunk and got on the wrong side of the freeway and killed innocent people, a woman going going home from work. My God, do you see where it is? Let me give you some facts. In 2017, Texas led the nation in traffic fatalities. In 2017, Texas had a total of 3,000 721 traffic fatalities. Nationally, because of hyper-distraction, we're seeing a 34% increase since 2010 in traffic fatalities. Distracted driving is the problem here. In Texas, the blood alcohol level is 0.8. I don't know what it is elsewhere. I'm just saying. I don't think you should have any blood alcohol in your blood, if you're going to get behind the wheel of any kind of motor vehicle. I don't care if it's a Tesla-sized Cybertruck that uh, Elon Musk claims is virtually indestructible and it's made out of titanium. I don't care. Do not get that. That probably is a lethal weapon that looks like it's going to kill somebody. I don't think, I don't know what e- Elon was thinking because remember they used to make vehicles out of steel and stuff? And when, fatal, when traffic accidents happen is to kill people off, so they made them lighter, so they're more fuel efficient, but also they wouldn't kill people off so badly, right? So I guess he took all that into consideration. But drunk driving is drunk driving. Buzz driving is buzz driving. Driving while distracted is driving while distracted. I ha- How many of us have driven down the road? And seeing people texting while driving. And in today's world, our phones connect to our vehicles. And if you don't have this synchronizing thing going on, then you can sync it with an auxiliary cord. They still work. So that means your phone. you can answer the phone remotely, or you can wear a Bluetooth device, because let's face it, life still happens. Right, your children might be calling you, your spouse might be calling you, your parent might be calling you, your boss might be calling you, your doctor might be calling you. Jeez, right? But let's face it—that what about when you are not in collection of your full self? Because that's what happened in the story. The the I guess the counter prosecutor was trying to say if he had been in total uh If he had had total, uh, his total, in total connection with his faculties and had total control over his thinking and his thoughts, then he wouldn't have been distracted and he would have seen the young lady coming. She was not, and, and here's the sad thing about it. She was not wrong. She was not wrong. She did. She wasn't driving drunk. She wasn't wrong. She wasn't doing anything. She was actually, her family were actually waiting for her at home to come home and have dinner. So she was not wrong. He was. And the intersection where it happened is an intersection renowned for causing traffic fatalities. We have these things all over the country. And for some reason, local municipal authorities are reluctant to do things about specific areas in their community where traffic fatalities frequently occur. There's usually a very good reason for it. Lord God, just fix it, will you? After she died, they did put up some barriers to slow it down the traffic as it passes through that intersection, but it was a little too late. Would you believe that two weeks after she died, there was another accident there with a a man, a 70-year-old guy driving his Corvette through it, probably feeling himself and stuff. And driving through there, he lost control of his vehicle in the same intersection. Probably pressed the gas and it took off, when he didn't expect it. I don't know. Uh, Have you ever been in a Corvette? I have. It's pretty scary. I don't like, like I said, I don't like things that I'm not in control of. (laughs) And I don't trust motor vehicles. I don't care how you advertise it and say it is the best thing since sliced bread and so on. To me, stuff happens, (laughs) so I don't rely on them. People, I see people driving their vehicles as if they actually believe the salesman, when the salesman told him it can stop on a dime. And I'm like, did he tell you when it stops on a dime that it's going to spin several times? Did he tell you that it's icy, it's going to still spin on ice and veer to the left? Pickup truck drivers all over the country are the most aggressive drivers ever. They tailgate people, they push people over, they squeeze in between because they actually think their vehicles are virtually indestructible. And I'm like, dude, if you really slap your vehicle real hard, it's going to dance, right? But they actually believe the salesman who tells them it has so much horsepower, it can do this. It's a motor vehicle. It's the skill of the driver that's going to avoid anything. And you're not Mario Andretti or Dale Earnhardt. And you definitely are not Richard Petty. So, And you're not on a cold course, so take it under advisement. So when the salesman is telling you that this car is virtually indestructible and you can do this, you need to understand he's selling it to you to make the sale. That's not really how it works on road conditions. And that's not how it works in the twinkling of an eye. I really feel for the family of this young lady who is 20 years old because she's never coming back. The accident took place in 2017. So this year in December will be exactly three years. So it will be three years. She never came back. They eventually settled the civil suit for a million dollars, but I think they want her instead of the million dollars. And the whole point about it was they, even after they settled the civil suit, they still felt that he got away. And it's their anger that drove it. Because they felt like he would do it again, that he was a habitual drunk driver. And that's an important consideration because he got punished. I bet he won't do that again. Do you see he probably had his license suspended while he was in prison and had to work through sobriety classes to get it back? That's good. We need those kinds of control mechanisms in the system because we can't just continue randomly, just randomly have people driving while buzzed? Ladies, stop drinking wine at lunch. Stop having a drink before you go home in the evenings. You're buzzed. I can tell you're buzzed because of the way you're driving. Stop speeding. I'm believing that that vehicle is actually going to stop when you want it to stop. You don't know what kind of road conditions that can prevail, right? I I I I tell you, it's something. I've never, thankfully, never experienced it, but every time I read a story about someone driving while drunk, I think that person is exquisitely selfish, is incredibly self-centered and selfish. How can you be so egotistic that you actually get behind the wheel of a vehicle knowing that your senses are impaired? And you deliberately destroy other people's lives. That's when, to me, it's a crime. A car accident becomes a crime, not only when you kill someone, but when you do it intentionally. You know where, to me, the intention lies? The intention is not that you intend to go out there and drive the vehicle. For me, the intention is you know you're impaired, but you still get behind the wheel and try. Wow. That to me is when it is a crime. It's intentional. Because you knew that somehow if something were to happen, you were not in control of your faculties. It's just like that thirty second that you're driving and you touch the screen that is in front of you and you take your eyes two seconds you take your eyes off. To me people do these things all the time, driving while distracted. There's also a a scenario called having children while distracted. You ever seen people do silly stuff like that? You ever seen them walk up to the car with a baby and a small child? And instead of grabbing the children and putting them in the car first, they're paying attention to opening the trunk while the young child, the toddler, is walking around for a vehicle to run him over. And you're like, are you serious? Or... My daughter saw an incident recently where she was in a public space and the the woman had a a, a like a baby, a two-year-old and a four-year-old and she went up to the counter and she left a four-year-old with a two-year-old in a day and era when people snatch children up and run away. You see them at the mall, you see them in all kinds of public spaces, they turn their backs and then I don't know what happened, I just turned my back for 10 seconds, no, you were distracted, you weren't paying attention distractions, distractions, distractions. And then when we're caught, we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, no, no. God ain't going to help you then. You're on your own because you should know, just like the rest of us, there are many people who do not drive drunk. There are a lot of people who get away with it, and they continue to do it. And they continue to do it over and over and over again until something happens. We heard a. I read a story. I think it was late in the fall last year, of a woman who was actually running for judge in Oakland County, Michigan. Can you dig it? And she was pulled over at about eight o'clock on a Friday evening. It was summertime. So it was you know because it was early fall. so It was still light, right? And she was pulled over because the the cop said she was drunk. He didn't really know who she was that she was running for judge or anything. She was just driving inebriated. So he pulled her over and had her put, sat her down in the county for a while to calm her down, cause she couldn't get behind the wheel of her car, and apparently she didn't want to call anybody or call any of her friends. Then they found out that she was running for judge, and she had the arrogance to say that her father is a judge, and she'd be running for judge, and that the lowly cop had nothing to say to her. They parked her in the county. She was drunk. Her blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit. She was drunk at the switch and driving in an area where people are going home from work and people are going shopping on a Friday evening to go back home to their family. She was a threat. When people do stuff like that and something happens and someone dies, that's vehicular homicide. You kill someone. The intention lies in the fact that you know you're impaired and you get behind the wheel of a motor vehicle. You know you're impaired. You're not in control of all your faculties. And yet, we still do it, right? Crazy stuff, huh? Isn't it? Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. I think we all need to somehow recognize that we're just as accountable. When someone, when when our actions cause someone else to lose their lives, I'm not talking about some dude coming in your house and you defended yourself. If you didn't invite him in and he came in your house, well, whatever he got, it is what it becomes. What are you doing in my house and I didn't invite you? Right? But when our actions cause someone to lose their life that is intent and that's where the crime occurs right so for more on this story I'll post the link so you can read it in its entirety I still think that Smith County in in East Texas they still have issues but in this this time I agree I, I side with them I side with them because I think he was impaired and he still took someone's life had he not been impaired if he had never had a drink that day we wouldn't be talking about the story. That young woman would still be alive had he never had a drink that day. But the fact that he did caused him to be impaired while driving and he killed someone and took her life. This time I side with them. As much as I don't side with the South, as much as I think that they have their own agenda that they seem to be getting back at the rest of us for their ancestors losing money through after slavery ended. Um, but I side with them this time. The law is the law and right is right. When wrong is wrong, it's still wrong, right? And this was wrong, right? So this Super Bowl, promise me, look at me, I'm here. Hi, look at me. Promise me you will not drive buzzed. Promise me you will call an Uber or a Lyft, some sort of rideshare service, or a designated driver. And if you're going to be the designated driver, promise me you will not drive drunk. Please, I have children driving. Please, I'm begging you. I don't want to lose my kids. They mean the world to me. Can you promise? Thank you. Right? If this message has been a blessing to you, go to my page on Anchor FM, click on Support This Podcast, as well as go visit my other stories on Spotify, Spreaker, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Podcast Addicts. Blog Talk Radio. You can stream us anywhere. We're on YouTube, so you can visit previous episodes that we have talked about. Today's Wear Teal Thursday. So Thursdays are Wear Teal Thursdays, and pray for me that I can continue to find more teal-colored clothing. I have two daughters, and they don't have mercy on me. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't work. When it comes to clothing and jewelry and stuff, they're like, mom, please. (laughs) And they leave me alone, and I kind of just am left with I'm lucky if I find something, okay? But I love them dearly. So I ask you, just as I want your children to be protected, I want mine to be protected from drunk drivers. I never knew what it felt like as a parent until I had to place my children, the most precious and valuable things in my life, to put them behind the wheel of a car. I still ask myself if I'm okay. I I still ask myself, I need to have my head examined. But they grew and they grew up and it's best for me to teach them. So now they're out there at the mercy of everybody else who drives. So please consider that this Super Bowl promise. You promised, you looked me in the eye, and you promised me that you are not going to drive buzzed this weekend, and you're not going to drive drugs this weekend or anytime. That if you feel like you've had one and it's too much... You're going to park your car, and you're going to call an Uber to take you home or a Lyft, and you go back and get your car the next day. And then you're going to sit down and think about what is your life worth if you have to drive drunk or drunk, right? This is Harriet Kemmer. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate you taking time out to be with us on this Thursday morning. I cannot believe it's the 30th day in the new decade and the new year. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Bye. Hey, thanks so much. Be blessed.